Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Shout out to our amazing sponsors, Strategic Hype and Plenty Mercantile. They're out there doing good in their communities every day. Stay tuned to hear more. Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy with Made Possible By, and we love to make good loud. We love to share stories of businesses, organizations, individuals that are doing cool things in their community. And I'm so excited today to have my guest with me today is Rachel Matthew of Polson Tax. And it's taken me a while to pin her down to get her to be here. And after you hear everything that she does, you'll understand why. You'll, you'll completely get the picture for that. So Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate this opportunity. Oh, that's we're happy to have you. So let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. She is a mom of three. She is an accountant, an author, a public speaker. She's the co-owner of Polson Tax Resolution and Accounting. She's on the Oklahoma Bar Association. She's, you're a found, foundation trustee uh, on the Metropolitan Library Endowment Board. You're an OCU law executive board member and attorney. Uh, you give live monthly appearances on TV for tax segments. I've seen some of those. And this one I want to hear more about. You were featured on William Shatner's show for Moving America Forward. We got to talk more about that because that this had to have been super interesting. Um, and in her fervent fight for the little guy, I love that tag, by the way, fervent fight <laughs> for the little guy. She's been given many awards, including Attorney of the Year, awarded by the COALA. Um, you've been in one of the 40s under 40, right? That's a kind of yep. a cool thing, nice. Um, you're the next under 40 award, so. <laughs> several years ago, so I can't, couldn't okay, win anything. <laughs> um, also the Outstanding Young Alumni Award, uh, a multi-year award for the Super Lawyers Magazine, and nominated as the Most Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. So my goodness, clearly she's got a lot going on. Um, so tell us something unique about you, uh, Rachel. I want to ask you because your name actually isn't Rachel, right? Is Rachel your middle name? Rachel's my middle name. My first name is Shiny. So I have a uh, fun game for all of your listeners and viewers. Just type in the name. My first name's Shiny. My last name's Matthew. Just type it into LinkedIn. Shiny Matthew, and you will be shocked. Matthew's M-A-T-H-E-W, so one T, no S. Your LinkedIn will be full of shiny Matthews from all around the world. I kid really? you not. And you can do the same thing with Rachel Matthew, R-A-C-H-E-L, last name M-A-T-H-E-W, one T, no S. Got to make sure you get the one T, no S. Yeah. That is specific to India. 
as is Shiny. So Shiny is my first name. My parents are both from India. And Shiny is sort of the Jenny of India, of South okay. India, the state my parents are from. Actually, if you know anyone Indian, usually uh, once you tell somebody, an Indian person, another Indian person's name, we can say, oh, they're from this state in India based on their name. So Shiny's one of those. Okay. Uh -huh. I've never heard that about Shiny being such a common name. Yeah. Uh-huh. So try it. Type it in LinkedIn okay. and you'll okay. see all my fellow <laughs> Shiny Matthews. Are you telling Shiny people? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell us something <laughs> else unique about you and something that made you smile this week. Something that, well, sunshine always makes me smile. It's definitely yeah. <laughs> it's been warmer. I, I love when I come out of the office or outside and I, and I'm surprised by how warm it is that day, you know, especially right now when you don't expect it to be warm. Mm -hmm. um, my kids always make me smile. Yesterday I was playing tag with my daughter She's seven and she was making up rules as we went because she couldn't catch me, which was great. Um, let's see. And something unique about me. Well, I've moved quite a bit. I was born and raised in Michigan and I love the sun so much that the day after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I packed up my life's possessions and drove down to Florida. I had gotten a job in Florida and just couldn't get out of the cold fast enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was there until I moved to Oklahoma and uh, moved briefly back to Florida and have been in Oklahoma for about 15 years. Okay. Well, Oklahoma is warmer than Michigan, but yes. it's still, <laughs> I'm originally from Colorado and we moved here in January. And I remember stepping out of the moving truck and saying, it's supposed to be warmer here. And the, <laughs> the wind, the wind in Oklahoma is cold. That's what I say. I actually think it's colder. Okay, you'll have to, you, you might understand this then. I think it's colder in Oklahoma than it is in Michigan only for two reasons. Not that it's actually colder, but that you're not as prepared here for when it does get cold and the swings are huge, right? 70 to 30. Uh, but also it's that wind. The wind just wind. grips your face and your skin. And Michigan, it's more of a dry, cold with no wind so you feel it more here yes and in, in Colorado it can be 40 degrees and if the sun's out you can sit outside you yeah, know right yes be perfectly fine but no. I, I can't say I sit outside in 40 degrees <laughs> I know well, what you're saying. in Colorado you could because if the sun's out it's warm so <laughs> okay so you're back in Oklahoma, and how old are your kids? Seven, you said one was seven. Seven, eight, and ten. Okay. So just all right back to back. I guess that's another fun fact about me. So I have three kids uh, close in age. I wanted three kids because I'm one of three. But the difference is my older sister is 10 years older than me, and my brother is about five, six years older than me. And so growing up, my brother was already in college. Yeah, already out of the house in college. And my sister was married when I was 12, 13 ish. And so I kind of I grew up as the youngest and an only child. And I just thought uh, it would be great to have kids all close in age. All buddies hanging out together. Yeah, all buddies. And they Boys, are for now. Girls. Both. My oldest is a girl. My 10 year old's a girl. My middle one is a boy. And my youngest is a girl. And I, I actually, I love it because my youngest, the baby is the baby. 
the middle one doesn't get lost because he's my only boy. And then my oldest is my oldest. <laughs> so she has, they all have their own special spot. Nice. And it was your boy that was playing tag, making up the rules as he went along? It was, it was my daughter. It was my oh, seven-year-old wow. daughter. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, my son was at basketball practice. My, uh, yeah. And I was outside with my daughter it was yesterday. And she, so we were racing around this fountain. We were somewhere and we were racing around this fountain and she, let's see, what, how what was it? I, she couldn't, she knew I was going to catch her. So she just went to this bench and she said, well, this is base. And I touched it 10 times. So you have to catch me 10 times for it to be my turn. <laughs> okay. okay. That's, I like her creativity. That's right. That's right. Oh, they're always coming up with something, aren't they? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Tell us, Rachel, how did you begin your career path and why was this career path important to you? What drew you to this? It's a good question. So I will say when I, so I grew up in Michigan, my parents are both Indian. So uh, one of the stereotypes about Indian families is true. At least it was true for my family. There was really only one option, which was go to college and, you know, what do you want to be? And so in high school, my mom asked me, what, what do you want to be? What do you want to do in college so when I was a senior? And at the time, I really wanted to figure out a way to live a life of service. And I just thought that that, uh, for me, that was the meaning of life. If I thought that deeply, I can't say I was thinking that deeply. But uh, so when she asked me, I think she was thinking more like doctor or engineer. And I said, um, I want to be a nun. And she said, she said, you can't be a nun. We're Pentecostal. So <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, that's not going to work. And uh, I started, originally started uh, college in engineering. Um, and really only because I was good at math. And so I was in, you know, did all these math classes. And in college math, I had one of my professors asked me to be a math tutor. So I became a math tutor for other college students. And then I became a supplemental instructor for math classes. And it was during that period of time that I, one, started to realize I'm not cut out to be, I was in computer engineering. I wasn't cut out to code all day long. Uh, and I really liked math. So I started to think about what would be a good career that would be that would utilize this strength in math and that led me to accounting so I ended up uh, finishing up with an MIS and accounting degree so I transferred some of the computer engineering over and uh, then started working as an accountant when I graduated uh, it was particularly interesting to me when I became an accountant because my dad had always been a business owner so I grew up uh, with all the businesses he was juggling with investment properties or he owned um, when my parents immigrated from India, he had first been a taxi driver at the airport and then bought several taxis. And so when I was a kid, he was managing several taxis and taxi drivers and had a supermarket and or a little grocery store and a uh, auto a mechanic, what is it called? Like a garage where they fix cars and things like that. So I saw firsthand what it's like to be a business owner, which really is what inspired me to go to law school. And it's, it's, it's an indirect path. I never had aspirations to become an attorney. 
I, I had aspirations to live a life of service and I didn't know what that meant. Um, but when I was an accountant, I realized there's a real opportunity to help business owners. And I can use this background in accounting to practice tax law and help business owners who there are, and there are so many who are struggling. And I thought back to how my dad, you know, managed his businesses and how much he had to do just to keep the businesses running, keep the employees, um, keep the businesses staffed and all the headaches that come with that, let alone the back <laughs> operations and bookkeeping. So that's what brought me to where I am today. And I find a great deal of purpose in helping business owners. Wow. So a nun, you don't hear that very <laughs> often. Well, I can't say that that was the right choice. You know, it kind of goes to the point. I don't know if at 18, 19, 18, 17, 18 years old, you should be deciding what your career Probably is. true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to do something that was selfless is probably all I was thinking. Okay, well, that's a great perspective. I mean, that you want to choose something that's going to be centered around other people. Okay. So tell me about the foundation of your company. How did Pulse and Tax come to be? Yeah. First, I have to say, I had a great mentor in law school here in Oklahoma. Um, and that mentor had told me uh, he had founded a law firm here in Oklahoma. And I had thought, you know, surely when I graduate, he, he had founded a law firm that's become a large law firm in downtown Oklahoma City. And I thought, surely when I graduate, he's going to ask me to join his firm. And in my last year of law school, last semester, he asked me to get my transcripts and he looked them over and I had taken two of his classes and he said, Rachel, you remind me of myself. Actually, he said shiny because he, he had asked to be my mentor because he liked the name shiny. <laughs> It's actually a true story. And uh, I said, Shiny, uh, you remind me a lot of myself. And I want to give you the advice I wish someone had given me, which is when I was, when started practicing, I had to beg for a job. And I ended up practicing with three other attorneys who didn't want to hire me. And I worked for free for them until they finally hired me on and they paid me back pay for the value I was adding to their firm. And he said, I... Uh, would make you an offer to our firm, but I want to tell you, you're going to have more success if you find a solo practitioner or no more than three three attorneys and just get in there and show them all that you have to offer. I think you could help a firm grow and the skills you have and the strengths you have are in, invaluable and intangible qualities that could really help a practice. And I didn't quite know I didn't know quite I didn't quite know what to make of his advice. Honestly, I felt really dejected because he hadn't made a real offer to me. In fact, he was saying he had said if if our firm hired you or he said if a big firm hired you, you'd spend most of your time scanning and doing grunt work. And I thought at the time that I just felt very rejected after he had mentored me and asked yeah. sought me out to be his mentee and uh, but now looking back and that, and he has since passed away, I could not be more grateful because I sought out Rod Polston. I told him I thought he was the best tax attorney in the state. I just wanted to practice tax law and I had a vision for growing his firm and I wanted to work with him to bring that to fruition. And at the time he, uh, we emailed back and forth. He, not Rod, but his receptionist, his uh, front desk person 
emailed me back and said, we're not interested. We're not looking to hire attorneys. This went back and forth eight times until finally he agreed to interview me. He told the receptionist, okay, tell her I'll schedule her for an interview, but only because he was so frustrated that I kept emailing back saying, I would really love to meet with you. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that. I don't know that I would do that today. (laughs) So, um, but I real, I genuinely felt, uh, I genuinely felt like I was supposed to work with Rod, that, that I had a specific vision for his practice. I didn't know him at all. I um, had never met him. I'd never heard of him. And I just knew he had this wonderful tax practice. I I shouldn't say I had, I knew of Rod Colson, but I didn't, hadn't, I didn't know him. And thankfully he is a wonderful person. And we became business partners and we've worked together for more than 10 years now. (laughs) So you were tenacious. You weren't giving up on that. I was well. His version of the story was he was mad when he met me because he liked me and he was ready to throw me out of his office. That was, <laughs> that was his plan. But he was mad after he met me because he wanted to hire me, but he doesn't like attorneys, even though he's an attorney. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, uh, he didn't. He says I didn't want some attorney coming in here and telling me how to run my practice. Yes. Oh, that's a great story. You you just have all these unique stories about you. I love that. <laughs> so tell me, what do you see your clients struggling with the most these days? I don't know. Is it different after COVID or is it kind of the same thing? I would say that we see our clients, we see, gosh, COVID has really done a number on all businesses, right? Uh, the Our economy is decimated. Um I'm trying to think if there's something specific. I there's some of our business owners are doing well, uh, even through COVID, and then others have just been decimated. And I, it's the same problems that we've always seen, which our firm always helps clients that owe taxes to the IRS or to a state tax agency uh, for a number of reasons. You know, I have a lot of. Um, I have a lot of friends, both attorneys and non-attorneys who ask me, you know, why people don't pay their taxes. They think that's, you know, I represent all these people who just don't pay their taxes and are trying to get away with tax evasion. And I would say that's just not the case. And right now we're seeing the usual problem more than ever, which is the reality is most people end up owing taxes because they when you own a business, income is like this. It's never a flat line. You don't get a paycheck every two weeks. You don't know who's going to come in or who's not going to come in or how busy you're going to be or who's going to pay you on time. I mean, I remember just a few years ago, there was there were major corporations around here that were paying 120 days out. And when you're talking about these major contracts and uh, oil and gas industry, they were, they were six months out on payments. Uh, you're waiting on you're waiting on an invoice to get paid, but meanwhile you do have to cut all those checks for your team, and so you're making those payroll payments. You're paying rent. You're paying for inventory. You're paying for marketing, and all these things that you that a bit any business owner has routinely as a monthly expense. But meanwhile, you don't have any money coming in, and you start trying to decide. I say all business owners are juggling particularly once they get established and that income starts to rise and the overhead starts to rise, 
everyone's juggling their income and their expenses. And that's when a business or a self-employed individual starts making having to make that choice. Okay, I'll catch up on the taxes later. I'll pay my employees now. I'm thinking of, I think of a business that we had in a small town that they were the major employer for that town. And they kept paying their employees while their business ran in the red for two years. They, and they said, our, this town is run by our company. They liquidated all, it was a father and son. They liquidated all of their savings. They liquidated their personal checking accounts. They took mortgages out they, against their properties until the IRS was just seizing all their assets, which is when they retained us. And I see that more often than not, where it's, I can't, I don't want to let my people go there. Their families are depending on me. This town is depending on me. And they take that burden on themselves and don't pay the taxes because they'll catch up or their industry will turn around. Or after we pass, one thing we see a lot is, you know, when we get bad weather, it's after we recover from this storm, this will turn around. And what do you do when it doesn't, if it doesn't? Um, we're seeing that right now with COVID. How many businesses said after this passes, we'll catch up? How many are saying that right now? I think that we're gonna we're we're not even getting a fraction of the tax cases that are happening right now from businesses that are saying I'll catch up after this is over. Mm. It's just it's gonna be a long road, right? Yeah. Wow. So in light of all that, what does a good tax plan look like? for business yeah. right now. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I, tax planning is such an important part of every, of every individual's life and every business owner's um, real financial responsibility. I know how easy it is to just focus on today and what's needed today or what do I need to in, pay for tomorrow or what expenses am I putting off? I think that the bucket people miss out on is good financial planning and tax planning. And usually I find it's because they just don't want to take the time, set aside the time to make that investment. But it's, it's, is one of those things. If you set aside the time to speak with a professional on how you can do some tax planning, you could genuinely end up with more money in your pocket and be spending your money on expenses, legitimate business expenses in a responsible way that allows you to save that same money on taxes. Um, so I can't stress ta good tax planning enough. Well, let's go ahead and give you an opportunity for tell people how to reach out to you if they want to chat. Yeah, you. Uh, we can be reached online at polstontax.com. We have a live chat feature there. You can also call us at 1-866-861-9857. Or, and, um, you can contact, anyone can contact me at rachel.matthew at polstontax.com or clientsuccess at polstontax.com. Wow, there's lots of ways to reach you. Just don't search Shiny Matthew on Instagram. <laughs> or LinkedIn or Facebook yes. or anywhere. You'll yes. see. Or, or do. <laughs> yes, just, that's not the way to do it. Um, so how can we support small businesses right now? I mean, that is the bread and butter of America, right? And they're the ones that are really struggling. Right. I would say um, small businesses, one easy 
tip I'm giving to everybody, to all my friends and family, to all my clients. Uh, and, and it seems like such a small thing, but I keep hearing people say, um, when this is all over, I'm going to go take a trip. And I, I, I'm right there with everyone. I, I understand the temptation. I would say take all those trips. But if we could stay in the U.S., we would really help our economy improve. I mean, not only have the travel agents been hit, but all these towns all across America, if we could keep our dollars here, we could get it back into our own economy and spend it at our hotels that have been crushed and spend it at our restaurants that are hurting and buy the gas from our gas stations. I mean, even our gas stations are hurting because no one's buying gas because they're at home. So the best one easy thing that I think everyone's already planning on doing is take a trip and make it in the U.S. That's a great tip. I haven't heard anybody say that because we're all dying to get out, right, and do something. Yeah. But there's yeah. plenty of things to do here, right? We've got lots mm -hmm. of great places that you can go visit. Yeah. Are you exactly. trip plan that you want to go do? Something I cool? don't. But in, in trying to take my own advice, I've been thinking of different places I want to go. So, you know, that bucket list, uh, you know, if I were just going to expand on that, I would say think of all the places you've always meant to go, meant to see at some point. I haven't been back to Washington, D.C. since I was four years old. So I thought, oh, I can. there's lots that I've always wanted to see there that I don't remember seeing when I was four. I My parents say I had jelly beans in the White House when I was four, but I don't remember that. <laughs> um, I guess that was a famous Ronald Reagan uh, uh, favorite candy that he had in the White House. Um but there's some caves in Arizona I wanted to see and mountains in Tennessee. So I'm, I'm making a list of places all around the U.S. that I want to check out. <laughs> I haven't been to the Grand Canyon. We keep talking about, about heading there. So maybe we'll go do that this summer. And it will be yeah. warm. It will be more. <laughs> it is the perfect outdoor. I mean, think of all the great outdoor things you can do that we really don't have to, we don't have to wait till COVID's gone. I mean, yes. really, we can just go and enjoy. We can go do it. Okay. We want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Strategic Hype. When people ask you about your business, what do you say? How do you describe your products or services? Are you selling yourself short because you just can't put it into words? You're good at what you do, but it's not always easy to communicate how you're great at your work with simplicity. But now you have help. My friend, Andrea at Strategic Hype, will help you clarify your mission and communicate your value with a hype kit. This process will help you cut through the noise and share the best of what you do. Made possible by recently brought Andrea on to create a hype kit for us. And I am so excited to see it based on other things I've seen her do for small businesses, large businesses, nonprofits, and churches. For details on all the good stuff you get out of this hype kit, email Andrea at strategic dash hype.com or reach out to us directly at made possible by dot us and we will get you connected. Hello, Tracy Walton here with Plenty Mercantile. We are a local sustainable lifestyle store. We've been in business since 2012. 
We have locations in downtown Oklahoma City in historic Automobile Alley. We also have a location in Spring Creek in Edmond and one as well in Chisholm Creek. Our downtown store offers a rooftop venue and warehouse for events. Our information and social media handles are available on our website, www.plentymercantile.com. We'd love to meet you. Please stop by and say hello. And as always, remember shopping all of our local retailers makes a big difference. So do you have any good tax tips for businesses? Quick little tip. Yeah. One tip I would, um, I have several tips <laughs> for business owners right now. One is if you are, if you've obtained PPP loans, make sure you know how to get that forgiven. Make sure you've applied timely to get it forgiven. Um, make sure you're not double dipping on using the PPP loans to pay for payroll and then also deducting the, um, taking the payroll credit, employee tax credit on your tax return. If you haven't used uh, PPP funds for your payroll, or if you have a portion that you paid for yourself, you can actually take a employee tax credit on your tax return and you get uh, a portion of your payroll taxes paid for. That's a one huge credit. Also, if you offered employees paid time off, uh, in 2020 for COVID related reasons, you can get a credit for that on your tax return this year. Um, if you did not get the stimulus check because it was based on your 2018 or 19 return, but your income went down in 2020, it's actually a credit against your 2020 return. So you can claim that stimulus check when you file your 2020 return. Uh, Make sure you e-file your return. Paper returns are extremely backlogged. You can, if you e-file, you can get your refund as quickly as the IRS can get them out. Uh, and the ex the deadline to file, if you're in Oklahoma or Texas and have been affected by this bad weather, it's been it's been extended to June. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Okay. Those are good things to know because the PPP has just been such a a circus, right? Just to figure all yeah. that out and to know what you can do with it, what you can't do with it. Uh, it's just been, it's like built, they kind of built the ship as they were sailing it, right? Yep, exactly. No, that's exactly right. It's, uh, I have seen so much legislation rushed um, that it, you know, so in 2017, there was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act bill, which was this enormous tax reform package, um, which was it had so many great amendments, changes uh, that that have been fantastic. But there, they were there were so many changes, and the IRS wasn't uh, conferred with before these changes were made. So we're still even even last year in 2020 and 2021 getting the IRS guidance on how we can apply that law from 2000. So how we're supposed to be using it? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's so crazy. It is, yeah. It's the ship's getting built while it's sailing. Yes. That's not exactly how you want to see things run, but you know, you just kind of roll with it. Um, yeah. I, I want to circle back to how you got your start and wanting to be a nun and giving back to the community because you're not a nun, but you're still very involved in your community. I know that you all choose to give back in many ways. Um, tell me some of the ways that you guys do that. Yeah. One thing that, one of the favorite, my, one of my favorite benefits at our firm 
is we give all of our employees a paid day off to volunteer. So if they go volunteer, they get a paid day off to go do that once every quarter. So four times a year, go volunteer once every quarter, and we will pay you as if you were at work. And I think that's one important, I would love if every business could do that, uh, because all of these nonprofits are primarily depending on volunteers to help make up their man force, their, their labor force. And if businesses could just offer their own employees, uh, most employees can't take afford to take a day off of work. And, or if they can, they're not allowed to just to say, I'm just going to go volunteer. It has to be something else, you know, some medical need or some childcare need. Uh, so I think that's an important uh, way we can all give back, particularly business owners, just to allow your employees a day off. And I think it actually improves employee morale and satisfaction at the workplace. Um, and then we as a firm, we coordinate for at least four, if not more, uh, volunteer events. So if somebody doesn't have a particular cause they care about or something they want that they that they come across that they want to get volunteer for, we have several throughout the year that we coordinate at least four every year. So they can always join that and volunteer on behalf of Colston Tax or will, you know, enter the, a race to raise money for different causes. And uh, those are those are some of my favorite ways that we get to give back. Um, and then personally, I love doing things with my kids. I think especially this right now during COVID, it's been really important for me to show them um how much need there is, you know, for kids, I think it's hard to understand all that is happening, you know, school's so different, and their lives are so different, and their activities are different. Um, and I think it's a good time, it's always a good time, but now especially just to recognize there's still so much need beyond these little things that you're feeling as being different in your life, there's, there, there are real problems that people are facing. Mm. So do you have stories or any time that your employees went together on their days off to go volunteer at a certain organization? Yeah, we've done so many different uh, organizations. We've helped at so many different organizations, regional food bank. Um, we've painted elementary schools. We have, vol we helped, um, there was, we learned of uh, a couple uh, that needed to move. The wife had just found out that the husband had just been diagnosed with cancer. He had to leave his job. They didn't have any income. And so we moved their entire family, their uh, husband and wife, their entire household, I should say, their home from one place to another. That was probably the most labor intensive job we've ever done. Um, but saving them on the cost on that moving cost, which was so rewarding. Um, uh, pet uh, a rescue shelter, an animal shelter that, uh, I, I don't know if that one really should be considered work because that everyone had <laughs> such a great time that day. Um, yeah, just so many. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've also seen some things where you offer free educational events to the community to educate people on taxes, accounting, tax law, small business education. Uh, you guys also help, um, People through the Rod Polston Servant Heart Foundation. I've seen where you have selected families to help with holiday expenses. Uh, tell us a little yes. bit about any of those. Yeah, the list really is endless. So Rod Polston Servant Heart Foundation, 
for uh, so I've worked with Rod for yeah coming up on eleven years, and for all the time that I've known him, and before I ever even met him, Rod has has the biggest heart and uh, gives without even thinking about it. He's more generous than I could even describe. And so for several years, he always said, um, even from the beginning when I joined him, you know, do we have a client who who really needs help right now, especially around Thanksgiving or Christmas um, and other times of the year when we would hear about a client that just had a lot of other issues happening in their life. Um, sometimes that was related to their tax problem or sometimes often not. Um, and he always wanted to help. And and as a firm, that just became part of our culture where we would find out about a person that needed help in the community and we began to put together donations and help. And after we're tax attorneys, so we know that uh, we could get a tax deduction for <laughs> all these do donations, which really are gifts. And so as a gift, you can't get a tax donation. You're just paying taxes on that. And that's income. That's your income that you're gifting to someone else. So we established Rod Polston Servant Heart Foundation as a nonprofit and that way, when our employees did give under no obligation, I mean, I, I can say personally, I don't, I'm one of the officers and I don't keep track of who's giving what. It has no bearing on their employment and people from outside the firm give to the nonprofit and we've used it for so many different things, but uh, people give and it's a write-off for them and we're able to help meet the need in the community um, Rod and I are, you know, we both, uh, because we're tax attorneys, but maybe because we're a little fiscally conservative, we would love if taxes could be lower, but we recognize that the only way that taxes can be lowered is if we as individuals take on the responsibility of meeting the needs in our community. And that's why the federal government steps in to help help disadvantaged people or people without access to justice or whatever the cause may be. And until we all are chipping in to help others, we can't get our taxes reduced. So we do it at a small level as much as we can. We love helping. I love also using my tax knowledge to educate people. Like you said, business owners, self-employed individuals, I will speak for free anytime. Uh, I have plenty of attorney friends who ask me why I do that, why I speak so much. I think I, we've lost track of how many, I think it's over 400 speaking engagements I've done. Wow. And, and they, I said, I would rather people not owe taxes. The reality is I know how it happens. And just like um, somebody may say, people will always be sick. People will always owe taxes. People will always get in trouble with the IRS. It's it's not because people are trying to evade their taxes or knowingly trying to get their business in trouble. It's just a, a problem that is manifest, whether you want it to or not. And uh, I will always have clients, no matter how much I get out there and educate people on how to avoid it. And I love being able to help people. Yeah. So is that how the being a guest on William Shatner came about? Advice? <laughs> yeah, I we exactly we got on the show. So that was really exciting. Um, I don't know if he's had another firm like ours ever on. But so he there used to be this show. We got to fly out to California and film in studio and have our hair and makeup done. That was all 
very, as a new experience, <laughs> but, um, we, he it used to interview businesses that were making a difference, uh, moving America forward. And at that time, it was when we were still recovering from the housing bust and bubble bursting and all of that. And our economy, you know, we've gone through so many economic crises in the nation. I mean, that's our history as a nation. But um, at that time, that's what we were trying to rebound from. And he focused on how we were helping business owners at business, you know, it's not a tagline of ours, but business owners are the fabric of our economy in the entire nation. We have clients from all over the nation. We've helped thousands and thousands and thousands of business owners. And that really is rewarding work. I, I love it not just because I get to help them stay in business. Obviously, that is great. Driving by a business, a local business, and seeing it got to stay open when the IRS was trying to seize their assets and shut them down. But even just knowing the lives, the families, the communities that continue to thrive because we were able to step in and help, that is incredibly re rewarding work. Wow. I, I love that you, I love seeing businesses or individuals using their skills to help give back because I think we get stuck in a box in that giving always means you write a check. And mm -hmm. now very often it's volunteering. It's, it's speaking at 400 events to educate people. You know, it's, it's time. Right. It's, it's, it's being willing to take the time to help somebody. So thank you for that. I appreciate that so much because that doesn't that's not always how people think. So tell me why you think it's important to give back. Why do you continue to invest? I well, for me, uh, I guess the easiest answer to that is just comes from my faith. I. Um, for me, I don't think my life, any of our lives are our own. I think that our lives are intended to bless each other, love each other, benefit each other. And I have all, I've thought this since I was a kid. And so I don't know how, I don't think I would be able to live a life that was just focused on myself. And the reason I say just is because obviously I'm, an attorney, I was an accountant. So at some level, I have been focused on myself. But I would add, I think that um, we all have been given different gifts and strengths, or naturally, inherently. And I think for me, I feel the greatest reward in being able to identify those giftings and use it to bless and benefit other people. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great answer. It's not all about me, right? It's not. It's not. It's all not. About okay. So what's your motivational statement? What would you want to leave people with today? Yeah, my motivational statement. Give us something shiny. Something shiny. <laughs> I Oh, I would say, actually, uh, since we kind of talked about all of these things, I would say um, maybe circle back to what we've talked about, about um, uh, investing in others. And I would say, uh, no matter how many zeros come after your net worth, it's still empty. Okay. Invest in good deeds. Wow. I'm writing that one down. No matter how many zeros. Okay. Nice. Did you just come up with that on the fly or has that been something that you've thought about before? I've thought about it before. 
(laughs) but it is something I live by. I think that you can have millions in the bank and it doesn't matter how many zeros come after that number. Mm -hmm. It's still empty. Okay. Nice. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm still writing this down. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long statement. I like it. I think think motivational statements are supposed to be short. Sorry. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Zeros, zeros are empty. Get out there and invest in people. So, well, Rachel, thank you again for taking the time to meet with us today and to share your advice. I'm sure people are going to jump on just to get the free tax tips that you give, but then they're going to hear some cool stories as well. So thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another conversation around good. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on a story of good. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provides a better way to share their stories of good. Go to madepossibleby.us for more information or to sign up to be a guest on our podcast. Now, get out there and make good loud.